0: everybody can recognize um, from Schitt's Creek played Ronnie Lee in Schitt's Creek but we really wanted to find out how she got started in the business and basically I really want to know how close is she to in real life to the role that she played as Ronnie a, s- a little snarky character very smart very bright sense of humor <laughs> <Loved it. laughs> So if we want to find out um, all about uh, how you made that jump into this role and and uh, other things. You're a very uh, highly decorated, nominated actress, which is awesome. So we wanted to meet yeah. you. So you want to start oh. by telling us um, how did you get started in the business? What? How old were you when you started?
1: You know, I think uh, uh, well. It was always the thing that my spirit drew me to. That's the first thing. But I think really what, um, what sort of lit the fire underneath me was um, the fact that I was the youngest of four children and I was very short. For a while, um, for such a long while that my dad actually took me to the doctor to find out why it was that I wouldn't grow, and um, and I think as such, I had to um, I had to be the bright light in order to be seen and heard. I say bright I use the term bright light very loosely because I don't think my family, you know, really appreciated my brightness all the time, but loud. And you know, and taking chances, and you know, and 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 um, being a bit well, I just think that I was a bit misunderstood. But they actually thought that I was wayward. Um, I think that's how I started. And also, it's being the um, being the, the last child. I think my parents were tired, and so I was allowed to do all of those things, like. Join choirs and, and, you know, and poetry groups and, and, you know, drama groups and do all of that stuff. And my older siblings, they, I think they felt more of a responsibility, you know, to, to um, follow the path that my parents had set out, you know, very academic, very studious. I was none of those things. Bright, but not particularly studious.
0: Very interesting. I'm also the youngest child, as is Perry. I totally get you 100%. Okay. My, mother's just, my mother used to say that I would get away, get away with murder. You know yeah. You're getting away with murder because I used to get to do things that my sister couldn't do. Perry's the youngest, but she's probably yeah. the most responsible of all my kids. So she wow. So she's wrong. Yes.
1: Yeah, Perry. Perry's, what
0: is that? I know. She's, sometimes, she's the one who has to say, Ma, grow up. So, stand
1: with the babies, stand with us babies.
0: She can't, it doesn't, it goes against everything she believes in.
1: Okay, fine.
0: Very fine. So, <laughs> and you grew up, you were born in London from what I read and you grew up yes. in Jamaica until you grew moved up to Canada. In... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I assume totally different, um, Jamaica upbringing must've been totally different from your Canadian upbringing. I mean, I can't imagine it being the same, different climate at least. How did you like being in Canada and you're still living in Canada? So obviously
1: you loved it. Yeah, well, yeah, but I moved when I was 16. So when you're 16 and, um, and you know, and, and from a, a small C conservative Jamaican background, then, you know, your parents, they were moving to Canada and you go, oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> you, don't, you don't really fight against it. And I was always up for a new adventure. So um uh I remember we moved to small town Canada. That's the first thing and I grew up in Kingston Jamaica, so I was used to noise and music and bustle and and you know and all of that stuff and small town Alberta Canada was not that. So um it was challenging and I was up for it. You know, I mean, I wasn't particularly suspicious of uh, it or I should say suspicious. I wasn't particularly apprehensive. I think I I walked into it with you know heart wide open and the experience of it largely was the thing that knocked me back. You know, in practical ways. One way one thing that you don't think about is finding a hairdresser. Right. Couldn't find that in small town Alberta. You couldn't find that in, you know, in, in big town Alberta hardly back in the 80s. Um and uh and then, you know, and uh we might as well laid on the line, um, racism was was prevalent. It it was there and it was shown to me in in a myriad of ways. But the thing is I and this might have something to do with my Jamaican upbringing I just didn't understand that I didn't understand why these people didn't dig me I mean what's not to dig right It's it's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's with me growing older and and um getting wiser that it's come clear to me as to what it was and um and quite frankly it's still continuing now because now i have an adult niece who you know was right there where um where we where i moved to back in the 80s and she uh, she experienced racism herself quite blatant the thing is because um because of her because of the internet and because her world is so much um has so much more breadth of world experience via the internet, that's what she has, Um, she knew exactly what it was when when it happened to her. Having said that, though, there was enough um, love and or acceptance and or curiosity and wealth-based curiosity that I could find my way. So One of the things that I and I mean um, in in terms of other people showing that to me, Mm -hmm. and so um, uh, I I was able to you know go to high school and get in the drama club right away and be in that school play and have it win the whatever regional festival and get to a scholarship to go and do a two-week intensive of, you know, drama. And, and so, yeah, so it, it, in a way it toughened me up, it gave me opportunity, and it helped me continue on this path that it seems I was born to follow. So um, I'm, I'm thankful for that experience.
0: Well, all the sum of our experiences, and it's how yeah. we deal with them and interpret them. Is how yeah. you know we live. Mary does a marathon every January. The yeah. marathon, I push her up until about mile 11, and then she gets out and gets in her walker, gait trainer, and and does the best she can to cross over the finish line. We go with a huge team, and we do this because she wants to raise money for High Lifeline, yeah. which you very generously um, have offered to do a charity buzz auction, uh, mm-hmm. which we're extremely grateful for. Thank you. And Perry does this and she steps out of line all the time because here she is, she has muscular dystrophy, she's on a ventilator and people wouldn't expect her to change the world one step at a time, which is what she's doing. Mm -hmm. And she leaves her comfort zone every time she gets, um, every day when she exercises, she's in pain, but she leaves her comfort zone and does what she has to do. So she's a great That's amazing. That is amazing, Perry. So she inspires many people, including me. Yeah. And she teaches me, you can't stay in your line. You have to step out of it in order to achieve greatness. Do you, exactly. do you think of any particular moment in your life where you stepped out of line and how has it turned out for you?
1: Um, I, I think that when I think when finally decided that I wanted to become an actor and there was nothing else on earth that I wanted to do or felt that I could do. Um, I remember my mother who who passed away recently actually and who who loved me, did this out of love. She said, no, don't be an actor because the only person, the only black person I see on TV was um, Madge Sinclair in Trapper John, M.D. And she thought that if that, <laughs> she thought that you know if that was the only example, then the chances of me being a success as an actor were so slim. And she didn't want me to be hurt. And she didn't want me to be disappointed. Um, there has there have been hurt and disappointments along the way, but largely there has been success. I think that. Um, when I stepped out of that line, because, I mean, this is not what my family does, right? I mean, we are civil servants. Um, One sister is a doctor, the other sister is a banker. My brother ran his own business. My parents were a land surveyor and a registered nurse. You just go, you know, uh, who becomes an actor in that kind of family? Um, But there was there was actually nothing else that I could think of doing. And I said to my mom, if you want me to get that college degree, this is the thing that I have to do because I'm not going to get it any other way. I stepped out of line that way. And then I just remembered being an actor. So I think I I had been acting at this point for about 10 years. You, um you know, you, you're offered auditions for roles in, um, in whatever, in plays and and, um, and in TV and for movies and that sort of thing. And I remember this one time, um, I was asked to audition for a particular role. It was for a TV movie, and I think it was on the Lifetime channel. It was called Jasper, Texas. And I remember I was asked to audition for the role of a reporter or something. And I read the script, or maybe just the pages that they sent to me, And i said i don't want to audition for that role i want to audition for this role and it was a role of lou gossett jr's wife i do that too then yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and um and i'm way too young but (laughs) whatever i was like that's the role that i want to audition for and i did and i got it i absolutely got it and um and you know and had such a wonderful time working with him he's such a talent and such a gentleman and such um, an inspiration. And you know, and now, and there are other times when i have stepped out of line because I didn't think better of it and have been slapped back and have had to apologize. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate those experiences too. Because you
0: learn from them. Because you learn from them. But the fact that you're still stepping out of line and you're not stopping, means, I mean, that's part of your character. You're always going to try to push the boundaries. Which means,
1: I'm not quite sure how else one learns anything, quite frankly. How you grow and change if you don't break out of, if, if you don't shed the skin that you're in, right? So to speak.
0: Which is your favorite role so far that you've been playing, have played in the past, or are doing right now?
1: Um, Okay, so let me just say this, first of all, I love Ronnie Lee, and one of the reasons why I love Ronnie Lee so much is because it's the most comfortable I have ever been on a set. And and I mean that in terms of the people that I got to work with, but I also mean that Ronnie, those clothes and those shoes, it was like being in sweats all day long. I mean, I didn't have to cram my feet into any high heel shoes, I didn't have to put on any banks. I barely had to wear a bra. I was comfy. I didn't have to think about makeup or any of that stuff. So Ronnie Lee was great. But I do think that um, probably my favorite role, there are two of them actually. One is um, a play in a play called Harlem Duet that um, examines, okay, you know um, Shakespeare wrote that play Othello. Shakespeare. You know that guy. He wrote that play, Othello. And um, this wonderful Canadian playwright, Janet Sears, imagined Othello in a relationship with a Black woman before he um, was in the relationship with Desdemona. And the play was about that. And I played that Black woman, Billy. And that was fantastic because of the journey he had to go through. Actually, it's all about the journey. And then the second one I would say is Intimate Apparel. And that's by um, an American playwright, Lynn Nottage, um, examining a woman who made intimate apparel, um, for a Black woman in New York, um, uh, in the early 20th century, who makes intimate apparel for rich white women, and, um, and she is, she doesn't think that she's beautiful, she doesn't think that she's marriageable, she steps out of line and takes a risk with a marriage that teaches her something. And um, yeah, I, I love playing those kinds of roles. I love doing theater like that, that gives me those juicy roles that I can <clears throat> bite into and find out something about myself in the process. What's
0: your, what are you doing next? What do you have, in, uh, when is filming started anywhere? I don't even know. I think it's uh, um, hard to filming tell. Ha-
1: yeah. We're, we're, we're starting in, in Canada. Um, you know, uh, COVID protocol is, is set and, um, people are finding a way to make, um, make product. So I'm going to start production on a new series called Lady Dicks. Um, and, uh, that's, that's great. It's, um, it, it's, it's, it's about women detectives um uh, and um it's funny and it's um and it's it's something that is created uh from the female gaze which is which is um which i think is something that we you know we we keep thirsting for because Lord knows in the 50 years that I've been alive, we've seen so little of it, but um, it's getting better. And this is a part of it, getting better. Um, great cast, really, really funny. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That happens at the end of this month. And we'll see what else comes up. You know, I mean, there's a hallmark series of movies that I do called Morning Show, Morning Show Mysteries. And we'll, I've done four of those or five of those so we'll see what we do. I think we're going to be shooting another one in the winter. And you know, we'll see what comes up. I hope stuff comes up because I need to get um I need to pay those bills. There's a Netflix series that I'm also that um I shot last year um called Tiny Pretty Things. I don't know when it starts airing. It's about it's about um ballet dancers and I play a mother, one of the ballet dancers' mother. And um yeah, we'll see when that... I I'll, I guess I'll, I'll blast it on social media when they tell me when it's airing. And that's what's happening so far. Wow. Busy lady. You like saying busy, obviously. What do you like to I, do when
0: you're not working?
1: Really? When I'm not working, I have a... I do. And You know, that's, that's something... That's one of the things that has gotten me through, and I'm sure a lot of people, through... Um, isolation or quarantine or whatever it is that we've had to do um, is is watching, watching people tell stories. And I love those um, great stories about imperfect people who step out of line and the experiences that they have, the journeys that they go on. So there's that. Um, I have a garden that I really enjoy. Um, I, um, have a boyfriend that I really enjoy. So he and I are each other's bubble and yeah. And I bake a lot. My neighbors enjoy it. And, um, and we just started doing socially distanced, uh, visits and, um, and reading. I find ways and now stuff like this is happening, you know, doing interviews, having to figure out the whole zoom thing and the lighting thing and, you know. All of that. It seems that the, the days find a way of filling themselves
0: up. And we just you, your your sense of humor that you showed in your character on Schitt's Creek really, we just I mean, would sit and laugh for you. We would laugh <laughs> because it is is my mom's face. Oh, uh, so funny! You know, just the char- what we loved most about the show were the characters because yeah. each character was so special. And you couldn't pick your favorite because they're all your favorites. And it was oh. just, it was just great. we watched, I think it two or three times already. Why it's going through it. And yeah. you're not done. You're not oh, done. You're- because it's like a good book. Every time you read it, you see something else in it that you didn't see before. Yeah. And yeah. looking at each other saying, how did we not remember this? You know, like different scenes or whatever. So, you know, that's just the way, you know, any, any good book is.